0: Welcome to Sierra Nova Comic Podcast episode 29. We got today we've got uh, Chase Cantor with us. How's it going? Uh, doing pretty good. Mm. Greg, introduce yourself.
1: I'm Greg. I'm the founder, uh, co-creator of Sierra Nova Comics and all the comics that we have.
0: And uh, I'm Dylan, I'm the tech guy that's also editor in chief. And Chase, introduce yourself.
2: Uh, hello everyone. I'm Chase. I I guess I'm the guest.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah I write, I write comics i make comics and uh yeah so the venn diagram of guests that you have uh they have on here with uh, expertise in comics is a circle for me <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay yeah you got a uh, saga of the jack of spades i don't know if you have any others but i know that you have uh that.
2: we've got a couple that are that are kind of in development um Right now, it's, it's the best time to be in comics right now because <laughs> no one's working, <laughs> yeah. so it's everyone's got like endless free time, but no one's no one's Too doing anything.
1: Too much time on my hands. <laughs> uh-huh.
2: um, so we have a we have a sequel in the works. Um, I don't know. I wouldn't even call it a sequel. Um, it's it, it's kind of a uh, it's it's part of the same universe. It's just telling the story through another character's perspective. Um, that one is. Hopefully we'll have it out for the concert in next year, um, but we're we're still finding artists for that. Um, and then we've got a couple other projects that we'd like to start as soon as possible. But with you know with everything going on right now,
1: who knows? Yeah. Yeah. What's well, like your little like sixty second elevator pitch for Jack of Spades?
2: Um, so the Saga of the Jack of Spades is a, uh, it's a comic that I've created. It's all about the story behind the deck of cards. Um, so usually what I tell people is, uh, if, if you took a premise like Game of Thrones, you know, with a bunch of families running around trying to hack each other's heads off, right? If you, if you took that premise, but, uh, set it in the Princess Bride universe, Like that's essentially the tone that we're going for, right? So it's a fun swashbuckling. Thank you, thank you. It's it's a swashbuckling fantasy adventure series. Lots of fencing and fighting, and torture and revenge. Um, But uh, at its core, you know, true love. There you go. Um. So we, uh, yeah. So it's 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 all about those things. Wrapped in the, in one story about the the history of the playing card deck. So we're taking that's all in know, one story. Exactly, for, for 144 pages. We, we figure <laughs> it out, and there you go.
1: <laughs> you keep using um, that word. I don't think you know. what...
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was that was Princess Bride was like a huge influence on this because we were. I love the Princess Bride. Princess Bride is is you know one of my top five.
0: 100 oh, percent top five favorite, here too.
2: Yeah, favorite franchise of all time. Um, but we. I love that story. Um, what I found really, really interesting was the character of Prince Humperdinck. Um, <laughs> Prince Humperdinck and the Dread Pirate Roberts," and, and the concept of the Dread Pirate Roberts." again. What I didn't realize growing up because I've been watching this movie since I was like seven years old I didn't realize this until I was, you know, an adult watching it that, you, know, the Dread Pirate Roberts isn't actually a person. It's just a, it's a title, right? Yes. And it, it passed from, you know, whoever was, uh, you know, Wesley's uh, captor uh, to Wesley and then to Inigo Montoya. And I thought, well, that's a really cool, cool premise. Um, and, and obviously that, that story starts off with someone who is, you know, a, a noble altruistic figure like Wesley, and it goes to the next noble altruistic figure like Inigo Montoya but what if we started with a character that was as loathed and as despised as Prince Humperdinck (laughs) and, and where, and where will that kind of, that kind of story take us? And I think that's much more of an interesting premise because um, well, I'm, I'm, I'm always kind of leaning towards, you know, the antihero and, and, and kind of what, um, what motivates those types of characters. So um, in our story, we, we start off with Jack, who is... And I know this isn't an elevator pitch anymore. We're, no, are We're going up and down the Empire State. You
1: there. already hooked people with that <laughs> Princess Bride, so...
2: Um, so uh, we, are, we, we start off a character like, like Jack, who is, you know, the, the prince and heir to the Spade Kingdom. He's someone that's never had to want for anything in his life. Um, he's grown up privileged and, and uh, uh, never, never knowing the, um, you know, the honesty of a day's work. Um, and we set him down a path where we have to, or or Jack has to come to terms with, uh, well, with, with not only his own privilege, but with the realization that he's not the center of the universe, and it, and it's kind of thrust upon him. So in that respect, it's kind of like a coming of age tale, um, it, 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 because it's 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 kind of about you know that loss of innocence.
1: Very cool. That's cool. Yeah, I just I fell asleep to the Princess Bride like the other night because it's on Disney Plus now. So yeah, yeah I know. that's right, probably the right. by like the third time I've ever seen that movie in my life, which is apparently shocking to some.
2: Yeah, did, I, did Disney I, Plus edit anything out of that one?
1: Uh, I, can't I don't.
2: Imagine.
1: I don't think so. No.
2: Okay, because I know when whenever movies are going up on there, they're like adding. Like when Splash came up on Disney Plus, like they added that weird uh they extended her hair past her yeah because there was a scene where where it, uh, it's uh, Daryl Hannah right where she's diving back into the water and uh, obviously she has very long hair like a mermaid but uh, you you see like a glimpse of of her rear end as she's diving into the water but as soon as they loaded it up on Disney plus they had someone go in and like add like this... Like, almost like they took the clone tool of her hair and just put it over her ass. And so when she's diving into the water, it's like when she's like swaying back and forth, running towards the surf. It's it's so jarring and disjointed. I'm trying to imagine what they would have done to the Princess Bride.
0: Yeah, I know they yeah,
2: did I can't to, think uh... of anything in
0: the Princess Bride that's too risque though. There's really yeah. like... Yeah, it's a very family-friendly movie. That's kind of like the whole point of it, too. Is it's like the perfect, like, because don't forget, it's the grandfather reading it to a grandchild. Right, right. Like they, he's a they young.
2: Gave, uh, they gave Count Rugen five fingers. They're like, oh, that's those six fingers bug me. So yeah, let's, just... <laughs> let's
1: give him discrimination. Five fingers. <laughs> yeah, who's happen to have that... six
0: fingers on your right hand? You start <laughs> every conversation like this?
1: <laughs> yeah, I know that they uh, did some editing to like The Simpsons, but.
0: Yeah, I don't,
1: oh, know. Really? I, mean, yeah oh. I don't I think it was like one episode. It was like The changed. Simpsons
0: is on Disney Plus.
1: Well yeah, yep. Disney Disney owns everything. I know
0: that's but, weird. I don't know why they yeah. wouldn't like just leave it on like
2: Hulu. That's yeah, weird. your your podcast is on Disney Plus,
1: right? Yeah. Yeah, we just wrote an article yeah. about that too. Yeah.
0: Cool. <laughs> <laughs> See a red dot appear on my head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Princess Bride is definitely right. probably my number one quoted movie. Like if you, if I quote a movie, one out of every five quotes comes from that movie easily, probably more. And, and, that's,
2: uh, and that's a healthy amount.
0: Yeah. And, and basically uh, when Greg and I first met like three years ago now or something like that, um, he kept coming over my apartment and we were working on the comic books and I kept making these, you know, references until one day I realized he's not responding to these. I'm like, Greg, have you, have you not seen the Princess Bride? <laughs> and he goes, "No, what's that?" I go, "Get out of my apartment Yeah, until you go and see it. You're not allowed back in here." And I kicked him out and I didn't let him back in until he saw the movie.
2: That's that's <laughs> half, half about half of the people that I interact with at like conventions and stuff
0: have not seen it's the disgusting. Princess Bride. I don't know how they get get on with their lives. I mean, people <sighs> we are busy. <laughs> uh, we we had
1: another guy on here like he was like episode eight or nine or something and i think it was eight uh travis gibb and he uh his favorite movie is the terminator and i never saw that until he said go watch the terminator and i'll come back on your podcast so i saw both episode uh, episode i saw uh one and two of that okay. at work like one day but i was just like oh wow i can't believe i haven't seen this until like that moment yeah so yeah. like for the 80s were you just not watching movies <laughs> well uh i'm a 90s kid but i haven't <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> i was about to say it's like his, his parents weren't watching movies either yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. well have, for some, yeah siblings? i don't
1: yeah like well my yeah, older you... brother is from the 80 87 or 89 no 87 i think yeah i forgot okay. but um <laughs> but um yeah, he he mostly just watched like Full House, <laughs> and I was stuck watching that. But yeah, like I watched movies at my dad's all the time, but I never watched the Terminator, which is like shocking. Like we watched well, Lord at, of the Rings and yeah. Harry Potter like all the time because I'm a huge
2: Harry uh, Danny Tanner head.
1: Yeah, <laughs> so yeah,
2: like family. No, my um my my family. The way that we communicate <laughs>
0: with each other are through quotes, are through movie quotes. That's that's my Christmas. That's, that's yeah. literally it's literally because I, I have a very big family. Like I'm one of five. My dad's one of six. My grandfather's one of thirteen. And uh, <laughs> so I have a very big family, and uh, not all of them, but a good chunk of them comes to uh, Christmas Eve at my grandmother's. Um, and basically, like the entire time, like we spend all day just cooking like a big Polish breakfast um, or uh, dinner. But we like we're there from seven AM until we eat dinner at six PM because of how much food we have to cook. And uh yeah, so the entire the entire time all we're doing is making references to movies. It's a butte, Clark. Pew. <laughs> I didn't
2: I didn't realize this, but the um uh, the the vacation movies are a very divisive set of films because I grew up watching them, right? Oh and yeah. I, I love the vacation movies. It's hilarious. Like the, when I think about it, if anyone would play my dad in a movie, it would probably be Chevy Chase, right? <laughs> um, and that's and that's one of our go-to Christmas movies, right? It's Christmas Vacation and and Die Hard, and for some reason the Ten Commandments, but mostly, know, mostly right? Christmas Vacation. <laughs> um, and then if uh, awesome. if I talk to my wife about them, she cannot stand those. <laughs> movies at all and have you, have I, you
0: spoken to somebody about this <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's a problem it's going to be a problem i think the the reason is we i'm so desensitized to them that i don't see um just how stressful you know those those movies can be my wife just absolutely cannot watch them at all and when i try to reference them she's like no go away just just leave i can't <laughs> oh my god go away from me
0: that's crazy. I, 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 that's probably another, like, during the holidays, like, yeah, Christmas vacations probably probably yeah. replaces yeah. Princess Bride in the number of times it gets quoted.
2: Right. Well, Correct. you want, like, uh, you, you want to watch something that is more, more stressful than, than what you are dealing with at that particular moment. So you can like, laugh it off. Exactly. Exactly. It's it's cathartic, right? So you, like, okay. Well, whatever stress I'm going through right now, with you know, 13 to 25 people coming over for a Polish Christmas, at least that's not as bad as the Griswold Christmas. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but she doesn't. She doesn't get that. That's uh. There's a disconnect there. But yeah. uh, no. When I, when my family was uh, when I was growing up with my family, it was uh, it was it was just all movies. It was all 80s uh, either 80s action movies. Um, or or really inappropriate movies for you know a six to seven year old to watch.
0: That's yeah, that's funny because uh, I'm I'm a early '90s kid, but like all the stuff I like is is from the '80s, like even well, or even the '70s. Like like I, I was I posted something the other day on Facebook. Like if you could only it was from uh, uh, YouTube video I was watching, but basically they asked like if you could only only bring two records with you to like you know the apocalypse, like it's the end of the world. You only can bring two albums, right? which albums would you bring? One of mine would be Sticks, right? So like, (laughs) it's, Ooh, okay. okay. Yeah, actually, I guess that's a good question. What two albums would you bring? Oh, I don't know. Um, You're allowed greatest hits if they have a greatest hits. Shoot. That's
2: a, that's a really tough question. It's going, it's going to be almost like a schizophrenic answer though. (laughs) Um, Okay, so so number one, it's going to be um the chronic two thousand and one
1: chronic two thousand
2: and one. So Dr. Dre. Um, yeah that's <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Then- Okay and then and then the, the second one is going to be uh,
1: Florence and the Machines first album. <laughs> wow, that's two different complete. Wow. Very, okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah, you got Dr. Drain and you got Florence and the Machine. Like, Cuz yeah.
2: yeah, if you're, you know, trapped on uh, a deserted island, then uh, you you want you want something that spans the gamut, right? You want you want it, something that That's what I valid.
0: thought. That's why, that's why I wanted stick so I get rock and you know, they've got ballads in there and then my other album is nothing but the best from frank sinatra oh yeah oh yeah that's good yeah that would that would cover me for all time i'd be i'd be good with those there's obviously stuff i'd miss but like if if i had those two like i've listened to those albums too many times (laughs) and what about greg
1: i don't know like i like the like i don't know frank sinatra i don't know
2: No, Frank Frank Sinatra was uh, was around in the 80s, so you wouldn't have picked that one. <laughs> <laughs> hey, who's
1: Frank Sinatra? <laughs> you mean King Sinatra? <laughs> I, I, I was going to say Queen, but I thought you were going to say that too. <laughs> see, Greg, see Greg Queen, Clark- would another, Queen would be another good one. Yeah queen because i don't
0: know which album i'd have to take though because i don't know it's so funny because like i know a lot of their songs but i don't know any of their albums like, like I greatest cannot, hits because
1: like, they probably have like bohemian rhapsody and if they have
0: a greatest hits that'd be a good one i think they do they must have like five yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's the issue is i don't know if they have the greatest hits they probably have greatest hits one
2: greatest hits two <laughs> Yeah. Makes sense to me. Yeah, it is I see don't remember tour. when I
0: first found out like what songs Queen did, because I didn't know for the longest time. And then I realized every commercial I had heard in the entire nineties and early two thousands was a Queen's song. Like I was like, what the what the hell? Yeah, it's true. And, and it makes sense too, because like now, like like the songs move along with the people that have the money. And at that point, that's when all like adults, you know, adults were like full adulting. <laughs> so they all had money that they could spend on frivolous things or you know <laughs> upgrades yeah. yeah it's it's definitely interesting like you'll notice now too like dr- they're putting Dragon Ball Z in a bunch of stuff cuz now our generation has money
2: <laughs> I don't uh, ever since I got rid of TV I'm not even watching commercials anymore so I I get like 5 second ads
0: off of YouTube that I yeah. <laughs>
2: mostly skip immediately
0: hey I haven't had a I haven't had like cable in Jesus! Like eight years? Holy crap! I haven't had it in a very long time. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I don't. I don't know what commercials. Like it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you like, know what? Do they Do they still exist? Do commercials still exist? I don't even know. I,
0: they They do when I watch the Super Bowl because I have to go over someone else's house <laughs> who has <the> cable still.
2: Oh, <laughs> well, that's not going to happen anymore. <laughs>
0: yeah. Right. But well, uh, yeah,
2: it's definitely, it's in definitely
1: interesting. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't see the Terminator, but I did see all of the vacation movies, even though like when the Christmas one was just on last year, a co-worker was like, wait, did this come before this one? So I had to look it up and it, it was like super confusing because Rusty is the younger of the two. Don't try to make it, sense of it. Yeah. No, there's really no weird. order. no. Uh, no. There-
2: no, it's yes. it's not even like Indiana like, Jones where it's where it's like, Oh, the second one comes before the first one. No, just don't even try Yeah,
0: like you day. know, Phil hit her head, I went crooking, kicked by a donkey, I went back. Like, who
2: knows? <laughs> I Shitter's <don't> know. <laughs> full. <laughs> no, the yeah, that's that's the the funniest <laughs> one of the funniest running jokes in that series is uh the kids that are all over the place. And then you get Johnny Galecki and uh, yeah. uh, Julia Lewis and in, in the third one. And that's
0: like, oh, okay, that's perfect casting. <laughs> nice. Anyways, now that we've tangented off into the abyss of uh, <laughs> the eighties here, uh, back to, back to comics. <laughs> so what yeah. actually got you into comics? Like before, um, before, you know, writing your first comic, were you like already reading comics and what got you into like then creating comics?
2: I'm like one of the worst comic book writers because I, I'm not all that well-versed in comics to be, to be perfectly honest. Um, i have read a few. Um, I, I grew up my, I have an older brother that's, uh, that's quite a bit older than me. Um, and he was into comics for a little bit, and most of my, um, like my, my movie preferences and, and music preferences, are, is essentially determined by my oldest uh, my oldest sibling, right? So like like with everyone. Um, but he had a uh, he had the first trade that came out for Death of Superman, and I was like six or seven years old when that came out. Was ninety two. Um, and that kind of blew me away where, and obviously this didn't stick, but I thought, oh, someone had the balls to actually like kill Superman. Like,
0: yeah, I remember when that came out, there was like, like, I I wasn't like conscious enough to remember, but I've, I've read so many articles on that. Like how, like people were crying when that came out. Like people were crying. Right. Yeah. But that, that was the, uh, uh. That that was kind of
2: the first ever um like in a in a in a main in, in the big two where they they had, you know, the big event comic, right? And then it was immediately followed by, oh, don't worry, we just you know, just kidding. Yeah, don't worry about it. It's fine. No, Superman's okay. Um but as like an impressionable six-year-old, that was like devastating to me. Um and I read through the comic and probably didn't understand most of it because I'm you know six years old and can barely read. Um, but that I that I think started my my, um, you know, kind of fascination with that with that type of medium, um, and it wasn't until I was, you know, significantly older. I I went to um, I went to film school. Um, I went to uh, Vancouver Film School in the in their writing for a film and TV program, um, and they had a course about writing for comics. Um, and it was, it was an elective course. You didn't have to take it by thought. Oh, that'd be, that'd be really neat. You know, I like the comics. Um, and I got there. Uh, and and, and it, it was completely alien to me. Um, I, I kind of had a background in, in writing, you know, like uh, film scripts and TV scripts. And, and, and writing for comics was so different because it it was like you were the writer you were the art director you were the cinematographer all in one and, and you could really have you know a, a a visual style in mind you could really see what how you wanted to convey that story and the only thing that would stop you is is you know the ability either your own artistic ability or the ability of of the artist that you were working with and the the program was really cool because it wasn't just know writing this and then you have a script and then that's it um they paired you up with uh an, another student in their um in their program this is kind of kind of sounded like a commercial for uh for Vancouver film school i don't know if they do this anymore it's actually pretty um, interesting they, yeah no yeah. they pair you up with either an art production student or, or or some sort of animation student and they uh and then you kind of go through the script it, it's not very long it's you know anywhere between six and ten pages it's like you're kind of working on a teaser together um, and they, and you end up with, you know, a finished book where, you know, a finished teaser at the end that you can include in your portfolio. Um, and actually the the story of the Jack of Spades uh, started there. That was, that was the book that I worked on um, just as a teaser. And it was something that I felt needed longer than 10 pages to actually tell that story. And, <clears throat> It was something that I wanted to continue to work on after I graduated, Um, but I ended up taking, I I put it on the shelf along with like the rest of my writing career because I ended up going, uh, moving back home and then I ended up doing uh, uh, grad school in, in neuroscience. And that lasted a couple of years, and then I, and then I moved to London and did a postdoc at a at Imperial College London at a Diabetes Institute, and um, and then I moved back home, and then that's kind of when I started writing you know, in in earnest. Like, okay, then I'll, I've 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 delayed this long enough. I I I need to work on this book. I need to get this finished. Um, and that's kind of where it started. It, it was this you know, 10 year labor of love of this story that I'd just been kind of thinking of ever since film school. And, and finally, I, I ran out of excuses for why I wasn't doing it. Um, and, and that's essentially what we, uh, what we started doing.
0: That's yeah. awesome. Because uh, there's a couple of things you mentioned in there. I was gonna say, first off, the fact that you studied, uh, what did you say, uh, was, it, was it neuroscience?
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: That's awesome. I I love I love all that stuff. As you as you can tell, I, I'm a I'm a bit of a reader, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I I read uh, a lot on like psychology and um, like neuroplasticity and things like that. very oh, yeah, interesting stuff. And, uh, but anyways, yeah. The other thing though you mentioned, which is like so true, which is, um, the medium. Uh, or the, yeah, the medium of writing in a comic book compared to any other medium is super difficult. As Greg knows. Because uh, basically, our first comic like series, like we've only gotten one created. We've finished writing the second. We're getting it drawn now. Um, but that it's a I don't know. We we don't actually know how many comics is going to be yet because we haven't finished breaking it apart yet. But okay, it's going to be right. a lot. And uh, basically, he took the a, a novel that he wrote and he turned it into um, a storyboard. But it's, that's more for film purposes. Right? right. And basically, the very first comic we have was the storyboard translated into a comic, which is actually That's like fantastic. really frantic. Like it doesn't you can't capture everything because in a storyboard, you can have multiple actions in the same block. Sure. If it's described sure. yeah. properly, where in a comic, if, if because you need to express everything to the, the reader, you need to you need to sometimes break it apart and sometimes consolidate what you're doing so that it all makes sense. And so uh, with our second uh, issue, I went through it. This, this is how I even bega- be, you know, became our editor-in-chief. I just happen to be good at editing. <laughs> uh, I'm good at judging people. That's what it is. Uh, basically, yeah, I, w- I went through um, the second issue that he wrote. And basically, I'm like, where is this angle coming from? Like, what's all the other stuff in the environment? Who's, how did this person get there? What were they doing, right? And I just, like, started dissecting every part of the story until now, like, the the way the script is written, like, not just what's in the script, the way it's written is so different from the original one. Like, now, like, every panel, it's like bird's eye view, panoramic long shot, worm's eye view, medium (laughs) shot, close up, (laughs) all of these details that Greg was like, I'm just going to let the artist decide. But the artist didn't have like the whole story in their head. So when they, you know, there's certain scenes that just didn't make any sense. So after we had the first comic drawn, because it's so expensive to like have it drawn to begin with, we basically re-edited the script and then made it fit the drawing as opposed to trying to get it all redrawn. Where this time, before we ever even showed an artist, we uh, edited it. I don't know, six, seven times, like going through it and making sure that it all made sense. Some of them I even, um, paneled out where like, I was like, okay, this one's going to be a splash page. This one's going to be, um, layered, uh, panels because I wanted to, you know, motion, right? Things like that. And, uh, broke it apart by pages so that like, if there's like a whoa moment, like it's on the flip, right? It's like flip the page and there it is, as opposed to it being like on the right hand side while you're reading it and you already see something crazy already happen.
1: Yeah, so yeah. It's,
0: it's definitely a very fun medium to, like, think about stuff like that. Like, like, the page flip. Like, I don't even know if every comic book creator thinks about that. At least not on all search, right? ones, you know what I mean? But, like, that's something really interesting and important. Like, if you're going to have a splash page, it should almost always be on the left-hand side so that you get that wow moment when you flip the page.
2: Right. All right. No, there's 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 definite writing conventions that are you know distinct to each medium, right? Um, I actually give um, workshops uh, for writing students on writing either writing for comics and monomyth and structure and formatting and and all those things. And, and each medium is is very unique in, um, in in how not only how to tell your story, just in, generally you know in, in three acts, you know beginning, middle, and end, but also how you're meeting, you know, the page beats. How you're generating rhythm and pace, and with comics, it's about the it's it's all about the page turn, right? So it's, uh, you know, setup, setup, suspense, and then page turn, and then payoff. Um, and th- th- those things are are definitely better learned uh, before you start drawing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. But definitely, I mean, you can you can go back and, and tweak some things. When when we were working on Jack of Spades, we had the uh, we we had the opportunity to to go back in because it was picked up by a publisher. Um, so it was originally uh, set up in in singles, and when we had a publisher come in and say, "Look, we we want to do this, but as a trade." um that gave us another opportunity to go in and, and kind of fix everything because uh the, the first issue of, of jack of spades it looks great you know we had a really fantastic art team and it looked it looked fantastic um but there were there were definite you know rookie mistakes mostly on my part with with the writing and definitely the page turns and uh it, it would have been a lot cheaper you know, had I learned all of this beforehand, um, but uh, the the trade definitely corrects some of the uh, some of the rookie mistakes that you would find in the first issue. Um, but I, I think altogether it makes for a better story. So uh, you know, you know the old adage, writing is rewriting. Um, yeah. I, I, I think uh, I think that that translates even after you have uh, you know a, a produced page on your hands.
0: Yeah, there's there's a there's a book by ryan holiday called perennial seller oh yeah yeah it, and it's fantastic it's entirely about like creating um, timeless timeless art whether it's music books um you know literally art yeah, um sure. and uh that's one of the things he talks about is like the the well there's the two things you have to get you have to be weary of one is over perfecting so that you never release the thing you're trying to work on (laughs) and and then the other one is you know actually knowing when it's good enough and like knowing like oh it's not good enough yet it does need to be reworked and that's and I think that's one of the adages he says in there is just the fact that like yeah writing is rewriting you have to you know go through it Now that you've you know brain vomited onto paper, you know Mm -hmm. clean it up, figure out where the good food is, (laughs) and uh, you know make sure it's uh, still appetizing when you're done with it.
2: (laughs) No, yeah, that's that's a delicate balance, and I don't think you ever really figure out you know what what that is, and that's 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 why it's always good to have fresh eyes on on your work. And I mean, comics for me have it's been eye opening because comics is such a collaborative process. Um, whereas everything that I was doing before was just, you know, myself, uh, you know, just working away at a script. Um, and, and, you know, sometimes I'd have people that workshop it, but with with working in comics, unless you are, you know, that person that writes, draws, colors, letters, um, you're going to have to work with someone else, and they're going to bring their own, uh, uh, you know, unique perspective to it that, can can really, if you, if you're listening correctly, can really enhance the the subject material. Um, but uh, yeah, no, that's that's one of the cool things about about comics is not only um, not not necessarily having to rely on your own gut because you have so many other people that are contributing to it. Um, so that's that's the really cool part that I find.
0: Yeah, I was yeah. actually going to say you said that you were teaching other people to like how to write. Yeah, it's a little bit. No, the reason I was uh, curious about that after we're done with the podcast, uh, we might want to chat with you about the fact that, so right now we we have um, another one of our creators on our platform um, that ba- basically he's been, um, he's been working for a company in New Zealand and he's like, so he, he's been doing like building up like part of their comic book department essentially, but they create a bunch of stuff, like anything uh, media wise. Okay. And uh-huh. um So, like, film, books, all that stuff. And he wanted to write – or we were talking with him about creating a video, like, lessons about teaching how to draw because that's, like, his expertise is the drawing, and he works with, you know, writers. And so it turns out that that company is actually going to be paying him now to create these videos so that they can keep rights to teach their people because he's – I think he's one of, if not, like, their best artist on their team. And so – but – the original reason he was doing it, it was so that we could share it with our creators so we can make, you know, our creators better too. And so now it's cool because yeah. he's going to get paid to do it. He can still keep all the rights. He can sell, um, he can sell it on like Udemy or some, you know, online course. And then like people that, you know, have worked with us will have access to the video as well, which is awesome. But uh, we don't have anyone that teaches writing and I, you know, I might, oh, okay, you know, okay. yeah, definitely. We, we can chat about it after, but it was just something interesting because, like I intuitively know a lot of that stuff simply from consuming too much media as a child, yeah. but like, I don't, I wouldn't be able to put any of that into words. <laughs> like I would be able to describe, like I, like I, like I was saying, like, I intuitively know that like the page flip is when the wow should happen. But like, I wouldn't know to say, you know, build suspense, suspense, break it, you know, like that kind of concept, which is, right. Uh, right. you know, it, it, even, even in, like the simplest concept, some people who are creating comics. Like for for example, our first comic, Greg was just so excited to see his words turn into photos that our very first rendition was so, so terrible that we've we've erased its existence. <laughs> okay. Like like okay, the first yeah. drawings were like, he was like, Oh my god, it's drawn. Look at it, they're yeah, real yeah. things. And I'm like, Greg, I'm not sure if that's a person. Like <laughs> and uh, so yeah, it's definitely it's definitely something that a lot of specifically indie creators, people that aren't working with a huge team don't always right. think about because they're just so excited to get their work out there that they don't think about they, they think more about the, their work than they do about the consumer reading the work yeah okay. you know i mean and so that's definitely something very uh very astute that would be interesting to share
2: yeah no no, it's um right writing doesn't have to be very difficult and and Lots of people can, you know, buy books about, you know, how to write and the craft of writing. And to be perfectly honest, like it's ninety percent horseshit, right? It's it, it's 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 just <laughs> when when people are talking about writing, like I just groan internally most of the time. And and I do this sometimes. And I I, I do uh, I'm a I'm a paid speaker, and I and I come in and I. You know, to, uh, give lessons on, on on workshopping and writing and, and things like that. But uh, when when people start talking about the craft of writing, I just uh, just like I cringe sometimes because m- the majority of it is, it's, it's like the self-aggrandizing, um, uh, you know, self-congratulatory.
0: Uh, uh, this is how like I that. wrote stories, and if you do exactly. it the way I did it, you'll be amazing just like I am. Yeah. Well, right. I
2: mean, there's <laughs> there's there's some like there's some rules in there that are that are. Um, uh, that I would behoove you to actually listen to. Um, but, but a lot of it is, is kind of just, do you have a good story? Do you have good characters? And, and kind of just see how, where, where they end up. Um, you know, mo- most of writing is just sub- like subverting expectations, right?
0: well it's kind uh, of like business too in general like it, it, it you can have a really good marketing you can have a really good you know financial setup and bookkeeping but it's still ultimately the product or service that needs to be good or the rest of it will fail it's like the core still needs to be good which is like the story itself like the actual premise of it needs to be something. Like yeah barely <laughs> <laughs> That that is still I'm I will never see that like there's no reason, dude. The commercial was scary enough. I don't think it's supposed to be a horror film, but it sure looked like it.
2: <laughs> it's um, it was an. The experience. fact that it was
0: made yeah. is just terrifying.
2: Um, but yeah, no, with with yeah, no, I I I'd, I'd be happy to uh, to discuss that with you guys.
1: Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, some people, like, uh, contact me about, like, oh, like, you guys got, like, you guys know how to do comics and everything, and, like, it's not, like, as, like, it's not hard, but it's not also so easy at the same time. Like, someone just emailed us, and they're like, oh, yeah, I'm trying to find an artist or whatever, and then people are telling me to, like, find an agent. Like, you don't need an agent also good luck artist. finding an agent. Yeah. Yeah, like right? I'm, yeah. yeah I, <laughs> I know one I know one guy that I'm friends with on Facebook that has an agent that I know of that yeah, actually Greg, has an agent. I sorry, to unless put that in Brian reference, Kate, Greg does yeah.
0: nothing but communicate with other creators like all day long and he yeah. only knows one person that has an agent. <laughs> yeah. So I so I was like being super honest with that dude.
1: Uh, unless in our you email. Yeah, yeah. Unless you wrote
2: why the last man and paper girls, like an agent doesn't <laughs> want to represent you. <laughs> yeah good luck.
1: Yeah. and then um, like some people are like oh how'd you write how do you write like comics i'm like well there's not just one way to do it but like how i do it is i anytime i come up with an idea i usually have my phone in my hand like every other person in the world so i just write notes down in like my note app and then those notes or now google docs and then like i transfer those notes and then i uh transform them into like actual like comic pages but yeah like I was writing my serial killer comic and I was actually writing the comic and then like midway through I'm on like page 30 of that but then like I was like ah I want to just write notes for that so I don't have so I can go back later and then change things because I have to connect certain things to uh, tell people like why he turned into a serial killer why he's (laughs) super insane so Uh, I went back and just started writing notes after, like, page 30. So I'm going to obviously have him, like, Dylan, edit part of that. But, like, I have another guy that's part of our platform, and he has a horror comic on there, Down by Contact. And uh, Matt, like, looked through it, and he's like, yeah, you pretty much have, like, the same, like, uh, talent as me with, like, writing and (laughs) You, we, you just have to change some dialogue here to like shorten it because that's one thing I'm not good at. Is like I can make us a, a conversation go on forever if I wanted to in like comics, right. but you shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah,
0: yeah. laughs> Great, we get it. Shut up.
1: <laughs> brevity.
2: Yeah, brevity yeah. is best.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, yeah so, yeah. So Dylan's like, you don't need to say all of this. And he's just like, let's delete all of that.
0: Yeah, there's there's been quite a few times where, like, there was a single panel where, like, two people had a paragraph each for their bubble. And I'm like, "Mm, Like this guy's just not going (laughs) to talk. I was (laughs) like, it was, yeah, he, 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 uh, I think that, so, have you watched the, um, the the real life version of Aladdin? Uh, Oh, not all of it. (laughs) Got about 20 minutes in. That's fine. That doesn't matter. It's that's I'm actually so did you see Beauty and the Beast? I actually watched all of that. Yes, Yes, that was actually done really, really freaking well for a real life version of a uh, cartoon. Like that was done really well for that. Okay. On the other hand, uh, like the thing that bothered me more than anything was the removal of those little details that apparently Disney became unaware were the most important, um, what it, uh, like the metaphorical sense of what was happening. So do you remember the scene in the cartoon where there's a prince coming into town and his horse kicks up and it's about to land on a kid and Aladdin moves the kid out of the way and basically calls the guy an asshole? Do you remember that right. scene? Yeah, yeah. Right? So it's, it's it's really important. It's actually one of, like... So when it comes to storytelling, like I was saying, I can't always put it in words, but I can definitely describe why it's important. Mm -hmm. And the reason that whole scene is important from beginning to end is you see Aladdin being altruistic, saving a kid. This asshole who's supposedly the best because he's rich um, is clearly rude. Right. And people can just recognize that, especially children. Right. So then then what happens is he basically goes, oh, if I was as rich as you, I could afford to buy manners. And the guy throws him into the mud. Memory like, bounces him in the mud. So now Aladdin, who's already, like, the street rat, is now thrown into dirt, right, like a pig, like he's worthless. And the guy goes something along the lines of, you were born a street rat, you will die a street rat, and only your fleas will mourn you, right? It's, like, right. real dark. But there's so many specific things that happen in that 15-second window that make the scene amazing. The first thing is Aladdin gets knocked into the mud. The next thing is the prince looks at him for half a second, looks away, trots away while belittling him. He doesn't even give him the time of day to look at him. He's still continuing with his day, basically going, you're a piece of shit, right? And you'll notice that in the cartoon, it is daytime when that happens. And as the guy's trotting off, again, he's not looking at him. Aladdin's finally getting back up. He's going to rush after him. And the giant gates of the palace uh, wall close in front of him. And he looks up and sees the whole thing, and it slowly turns to night. And then he goes back to his little keep, and it's the raff street rat, that whole scene. Right. And, and then you look at the palace at night, right? And all of that's like it just shows like that the the day is over, and it's just like this is where he ends up in this piece of crap uh-huh. place, while that asshole gets to go and uh, you know party in a palace. And then the day goes or the night goes to day, and it's a new day, and that's the next day when he meets Jasmine, right? All of that's super important. Almost none of that was in the real life version. So, so he, he doesn't get knocked into mud. The guy looks at him straight in the eyes the whole time. He says all of those phrases, he slowly walks away. The doors kind of close in his face, but not with the same, you know, you know, emphasis where like he's chasing after him. And then he like gets blocked by these giant palace doors. It stays daylight the whole time. And I think even one of the lines was like slightly changed and like, I, it didn't make any sense. Like all of that stuff was super powerful for that one, like maybe twenty to thirty second scene. And like I was like so mad at, like that's the one thing I remember I watched the whole movie too, because I had to. Right. Right. I just wanted to like know what they did. And like, you know, like that yeah, right yeah. there was just such a powerful showing of what was lacking and they don't, they didn't even realize it. Like there's no way they couldn't have turned at night. It's Disney. They got billions of dollars, right? Like that's all they needed to do is that fade to night. He goes and cries in his room essentially. And then like the, it goes to the next day and that's when he needs, it just shows like, Oh, it's a new day. Like all of that shit was metaphorical and they left it all out. I was, it was
2: ridiculous. You, you you touched on something really, really important there and it's, one thing that's really important, especially with with all of these new, um, you know, live action versions of Disney movies that are coming out and you see kind of a fundamental lack of understanding of why these animated movies were so successful. And I 100%. think you need to acknowledge first and foremost that they're animated films, right? And so animated movies generally mean, um, You have lots of people that are working on this it's not just an actor where you can do multiple takes and finally get the performance that you want right so you have to be very economical with what animators are putting on the page um so that means that in within it within each scene you have to have multiple things going on one it has to progress the character one it has to progress the plot You have to get story elements out of it. You have to get a thematic element out of it. Um, And that scene, you are perfectly encapsulating the main character's motives. You are setting up the stakes for that character as well. Um, And you're also giving a hint to where this story is going, right? So it it becomes its own little... shadowing. Exactly. It's becoming its own little tableau. And a lot of that, you know, in exchange between the both of them, and a lot of it is not—it's it's centered on, you know, Aladdin's face, and That's because it's hard to animate melds moving. It costs money for for melds to move, and it's a lot easier just to look at a character reacting to, uh, you know, another character speaking off screen. Um, so you, when you're when you're doing animation, you have to be incredibly economical with what you are putting on the screen. So you are distilling down to its core what is fundamental to either progress the story, progress the narrative, um, or, or, or trying to figure out what is important to get this character um, from you know A to B plot-wise or A to B story-wise, right? Um, so that, yeah, so what was lacking in that Aladdin was, look, we have a huge budget, we have huge stars, uh, you know, we've got Will Smith, we have um, uh, incredible, fantastic visual effects, um, but not really a whole lot of what made that story really great.
0: What made it a Disney movie?
2: <laughs> yeah. And, and, and we're leaving out robin williams out of this as well if you re- well, when you remove robin williams from anything so, so, it's going yeah. to be about a thousand so, times worse
0: yeah there's two things i thought about that too the, the first the first major one is that people don't realize that before they even hired robin williams they'd created the genie based off of him and his stand up and they basically said, if we can't get him, we can't make the movie. That's right. They, they, did, a, they did a pitch, right? They did a, like a, a pitch reel yep. of uh, uh, the
2: genie doing one Stand of up. Robin Williams' stand-up, right? And they yep. showed it to him. And he's like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll bite. Yeah, and that's and the they thing threw too. a bunch of money at him, too. I mean, oh. why wouldn't he do it?
1: Um, yeah but, but like and no, then my was, biggest was gripe
0: too is yeah I was going to say my my biggest gripe with this genie the the Will Smith version it, there's well I guess two, the two biggest gripes I had the first one is if he had just been the fresh prince of bel air I think <laughs> that that movie would have been phenomenal the reason why is because I was not expecting Robin Williams I knew I couldn't get that I knew I couldn't get what I wanted and so I wanted something different but just as like flamboyant like just just as like ridiculous as Mm -hmm. the original genie and the fresh prince would have been it. That's why like, I almost wish they got Kevin Hart to do it because he would have been wild. (laughs) Will Smith like lost all of that wildness he used to have when he, in his youth. So that was my first biggest gripe. And then my second one was when like, they changed the whole plot with um, Jafar and like getting to the genie and all of that stuff. Like Aladdin knew who he was the whole time, which was kind of weird, but Whatever we'll play with that. But then what ends up happening is when the genie sings his first song to Aladdin, he's basically like, Mr. whatever sir, what be your pleasure be right That's like he literally says that like in the song and I'm like, the whole point is he's supposed to make Aladdin feel for the first time that he's now the master of something mm-hmm. <laughs> And like th- he basically blows him off during the song like six different times like he forgets his name like I was like that doesn't make any sense. He's your master and like the whole reference was that typically when a street rat or whatever gets the lamp it's actually for the jafar that exists mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and i get that premise but after we got that joke it sh- it should have been over and like it was so emphasized during that entire song and i'm like dude other than that like the song actually wasn't even sung badly like i just wanted <laughs> i just wanted right. the song like just leave it alone like it was that's weird that, right. that you changed it because That's not the point of the song. The point of the song is, again, Aladdin's been shit on this whole time. He finally gets one break where this guy is going to help him out, and he still gets backstabbed, almost dies. He's now trapped in a cave for all eternity. It's now his absolute lowest point, and suddenly he becomes the master of a genie. Mm -hmm. And again, Mm -hmm. like it's that that dichotomy that they just erased by saying, what's your name again? I keep forgetting because I'm an all-powerful genie, but I can't remember a name. Like it does, it's the dumbest thing ever. <clears throat> yeah, there's, there's, there's a reason why I didn't finish that movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like that—that that alone would have made me turn it off if I didn't like if I didn't want to watch it purely so I can commentate on it. Like it was, yeah, it, it was. It, there's, they had all of the means to make the movie great too. Like, I get it, they didn't have Rob Williams. They didn't need to bank on it. Make him the Fresh Prince. Make him fun. You can still sing all the songs too. Even like, Lion King had there.
2: James Earl Jones in it. They knew, yeah.
0: like,
1: hey, we we the, Mufasa
0: <laughs> is not Lion going King.
2: to work without James
1: Earl Jones. Lion, Lion King, without spoiling much of anything. Well, I don't know. If that's gonna spoil anything we're dealing. Um, are we are oh, we
0: still talking about spoilers for the Lion King now? Yeah, even <laughs> it's been, yeah, a, it's I'm been pretty a sure. I, even though I haven't seen the real life version, I'm pretty sure I know something bad happens, and then yeah. something. Happens. <laughs> it, yeah, it's fairly. Do they rare. sing in that movie? Is there is there <laughs> songs in the movie? I feel like you
1: know, <laughs> uh, scars like song in the live action. Just it didn't have as much of a Evil like. I didn't even. it, it didn't have like the tone that the animated version had like i didn't i didn't even no- like notice the song was really going on while he was singing it and then it was over and i was like oh that was the song that was from when he was singing with all yeah, the that, okay. one of
0: the most evil songs in a Disney and,
1: season, and <laughs> it was more just like uh oh, yeah I, I got my song right here and then it's over and then it goes to the next scene i'm like okay that doesn't make any sense but.
0: Yeah, no, it's definitely. Uh, I I feel like they they have all the means to make it a good movie, all of them, and they for whatever reason, like like for they, they actually another one on the Aladdin. I don't know. So you, if you only watch twenty minutes of it, you won't even know that they actually give Jasmine like one or two songs. I know. Is, that. I I've, okay. I've- I discovered that. And it's funny because I had no problem with those songs either. Like, they, like the addition of those didn't make the movie worse. It was the subtraction of the small details. Like I said, like changing from night to day, which is super easy to do. Like, they could have just blue screened it. You know what I mean? Like, not, you know what I mean? Or not blue screened it, but like uh, blue filtered it. Like, they just something to make me feel, you know, like, yeah, they, they definitely, the animation was done so freaking well. To make it a real life movie and not realize what parts made it good is it it, it makes me disappointed in, in yeah, what yeah. movies might be coming out in the future. <laughs> so so wait, Disney wait, owns wait. every single studio now.
2: So Disney live action movies is it's it's such a difficult task because one, they're competing with themselves. And two, they're competing with nostalgia. Yeah. And you don't win against nostalgia. Um, so, the, so the things that made, you know, an incredible impression on us as 90s kids, when we watched them for the first time, either in the theaters or or at home, um, you're just not gonna compete with that, right? And we have the benefit of being able to, you know, go back and, and relive those experiences. And um, especially with, you know, Disney, uh, uh, like old I had a huge collection of disney movies on on v h s and dopey. I would just and I would watch them you know on on repeat right um and so we know we can we can go in and say, okay this scene, this is how this scene made me feel, and these are all of the the quirks with that scene and and you can say without even watching it. How a scene transitions into another one, from going from you know dusk to night, and you know right when the music starts to swell, and and you're you're not finding that with this new one. And newsflash, you you would have never <laughs> found something that makes that kind of that uh, that kind of uh, statement, well, um, or, I, I... or be able to find something that makes you feel. Uh, the way you felt when you were watching it when you were a kid, right? See, like, so it's, it's never, it's never going to
0: going to satisfy that that desire of yours, right? So like the like the Beauty and the Beast movie, for example. After I was done watching that, I was like, that was a great movie. Comparative to like what I thought it might be, right? Sure. It wasn't amazing. I didn't get the same feeling I got from the cartoon, but I got the satisfaction of going, oh my god, the cartoon I watched as a kid is now a real thing. Like that's actually pretty cool. And they didn't do too much to ruin it. Like, that's the whole... Like, basically, all they have to do is not ruin it for it to be an enjoyable movie. That's why it's so devastating, because Aladdin is one of my top five Disney movies, and they ruined it. Like, they all, Like even, you know, the scene... Like, uh, there was another one. This one's mine. Where's Where's uh, Beauty and the Beast rank for you? For my favorite Disney movies? Yeah. Uh, it's actually not even in my top five, I don't think.
2: Uh, well, there's, there's your answer right there. So Aladdin <laughs>
0: was your top five. Well, no, but that's, that's what I mean, though. But, like, I can very distinctly describe the only scenes that bothered me, and if they had fixed them, I would have been okay with the movie. I just wanted to be okay with it. I didn't want it to be amazing. I just mm-hmm. wanted it to not ruin it. Like, the scene where... No, and I, and uh, I agree. I,
2: I think Aladdin is just... The live action, I think it's it's mostly unwashable.
0: Yeah, it's, like, for example, I can't, Her-
2: I can't do it. Hercules. I think, I think it...
0: <laughs> that's my number one, and now they're making it. Yeah. I'm actually super excited because... Literally, oh, you should, should not be. <laughs> As long again, all they have to do is make epic fights. Get what's his face? Uh, Danny DeVito. De- Danny DeVito <laughs> play Philip Tedes. It's and, not going to be Danny DeVito. And,
2: it's going to be. And then I want Michael no.
0: Bolton to sing. uh nah, Go it's going to be like Kevin Hart.
2: <laughs> no, it's going to be Zac Efron and Ariana Grande. And <laughs> yeah, probably. you're not going to like no. it, and you're no. you're just going to have to accept that that these no. movies aren't for people like us anymore
0: (laughs) yeah Yeah, but like that's the thing too like that's what i mean like the beauty and the beast though i had still seen that hundreds of times it's in my top 10 obviously because like there's not like a ton of disney movies it might even be like number six it's not like it's really far down the ladder it's just the fact that it's like again they just didn't ruin it like like there's maybe six scenes in all of aladdin that if they had fixed them i would have been totally fine with the whole movie The, the the very first one like i said was the one where The genie is all of a sudden forgetful of Aladdin's name in the beginning. That was dumb. That scene where, like I was saying, the whole night and day and the guy looking him in the face rather than looking away as he walks away. Um, The other one is when the genie is now bringing Aladdin, you know, Prince Ali, that whole thing. During Mm -hmm. that song, he's supposed to be like teleporting throughout the crowd and like being different characters. And they wait for like the whole song to be almost over he dresses up as a woman once kind of runs around and then comes back. And I was like, what the hell? Like what happened? Like again, like even Will Smith, I expected more out of like not to be Robin Williams, but like, he wasn't even the lively Will Smith I'm used to. That's what I mean. Like, it wasn't like I needed it to be amazing. I didn't even get Will Smith in that movie. Like I was like, what, what happened to Will? Like, I get that he's old now, but it's all CGI. Just like get some dude to dance and put his face on it. I okay will.
2: Will it. Smith has been depressed ever since he, um, ever since he turned down The Matrix. So yeah,
0: right <laughs> <laughs> to do to do uh, what was it? Co- uh, uh, I can't remember what he did. What did you was do? The, it was a cowboy movie. Uh, fuck.
2: Oh, Wild, Wild,
0: Wild, Wild, Wild West. West. Wild, Wild West. Yeah, That's amazing. Yeah, it's actually crazy. Like that. That. That whole. Like I'm like I I love Will Smith. Like I think he's a good actor. I like the movies that he's in. I could never picture him as Neo.
1: The movie would have been
0: too different. I don't think it would have hit the same way. Like Keanu Reeves, like specifically, one of the things no, that made no. it so powerful, he gave up like half his paycheck so that the movie could still be made. Mm-hmm. Like the, like if you look at Keanu Reeves' whole life story, like he's just got an amazing life story. He's one of like the nicest people I yeah, know, no. yeah. I think that. I think everyone like, can
2: agree that that yeah, like that, yeah. Like the top five people on this list. Yeah, just don't yeah. and like not. that's
0: the thing is like, and and because of that, you could like that's in his character, like meaning like his acting character as well. Yeah, you can see him as this like loner, like because that's what he is in real life. Like he's he's like this loner who is so benevolent that he just does what's good for the greater good. Like you know, like that's it, it, it's incredible. and I think that someone like Will Smith, I don't think would have like felt the same and at the time uh you know like for at least for especially for younger people like keanu reeves wasn't in a ton of movies for younger people you know what i mean like he was in what was it like speed before that stuff like that like there was good movies he was in like he was a big actor
1: but the point is
0: the point is that like if you thought of movies before the matrix that keanu reeves was in i bet it would take a second where i can name a bunch after
1: like replacements Um, replacements (laughs) <laughs> the replacements, yeah. Yeah, no, I remember. There, that's just funny that, Gene that one Hackman, came first. Yeah. Um, like Matrix and yeah, John uh, Wick, Speed. Why are we not saying general. Point Point Break? Yeah, oh, no,
2: I never saw that. Break break. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Yeah, oh exactly. my god, but those yeah, like, you know, go. that's what
0: I mean. But like you, have, you know, like think about <laughs> it. But yeah, it's yeah, exactly.
2: My favorite Keanu Reeves movie is actually Much Ado About Nothing. Jesus. <laughs> I don't even remember
0: the plot of that movie, and I know I've seen it.
1: They're making a third one. What of what? Bill and Ted. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I'm excited for that.
1: Excellent. (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, after talking about Disney for thirty minutes,
2: (laughs) this is why uh, this is why this belongs on Disney
1: Plus. Disney Plus.
0: Yeah, Disney Plus sponsor.
1: <laughs> Imagine. Um, yeah, the one thing I had like a problem with in Aladdin actually was Jafar, like the person that played Jafar. I just, I didn't believe him to be Jafar. I'm like, you're like, not as evil as he should be.
2: A gu- gun to my head, I couldn't tell you other than Will Smith, who else acted in
0: that movie? Oh, 100. No yeah, was. I don't remember any of the other actors. They were so like like that's the other thing too. I think they didn't realize that like Robin Williams in a cartoon doesn't overshadow the rest of the movie. Like everyone remembers a whole new world. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I mean, no, no, like he makes the movie is like 75% of why that movie is successful. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, he's a hundred percent of the reason why the movie is successful. But the point is that he, (laughs) he still makes the movie successful without making other things less. That's what I mean. Where with Will Smith in the movie, like it made everything else compared like, Oh, like, Will Smith has been in a bunch of amazing movies. What are all these other actors doing in this movie? Who are they? I've never seen them. Like, what is this? Right? And, like, you kind of, like, get deterred from it because Will Smith also doesn't fill the Will Smith role where Robin Williams filled the Robin Williams role. Like, in, in the movie or in the cartoon, Robin Williams fucking nailed it. In the movie, Will Smith fell very flat. And not because he wasn't Rob Williams. He wasn't even the fun, happy, bouncy Will Smith you know what i mean like that's why like you're expecting something from yeah. the best actor in the movie and that was one of the worst like things in the movie <laughs>
2: yeah i'm just yeah no i i couldn't i couldn't bring myself to to the vote even more than 20 minutes to that movie whereas <laughs> I watched the live action version of Lady and the Tramp and adored it. I, I didn't even it. know they made a live action yeah, version. Yeah, I forgot oh, yeah. that they made
1: it. I just yeah, it, didn't it watch it. Launched
2: with Disney Plus along with The Mandalorian. Yeah. Um, yeah. and it's actually good and and uh, it's 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 really quite interesting. I mean, it, it doesn't reinvent the wheel, um, <laughs> which I think is, is what uh,
0: you know. Uh, it's do and tried to do? Dude, I was going uh, to say, dude, you actually funny about it? Every everyone like gets like thinks about stuff like that when it comes to disney and then they forget like even the original was stolen like it's from the Grimm's tales like <laughs> yeah, <of course>. yeah. <laughs> like they there's haven't no, had original no, no idea no content, since you know. their founding no, you know what i mean uh, like mickey mouse there you go that's the one original idea yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> was it aristotle or plato or someone who said that there are seven different types of stories and... i think it's
0: plato because he's the one that like he um he's the one that made up like the story of atlantis and stuff like or at least he's the recorded um person that came up with atlantis and um uh some other big one yeah i forgot i was just watching something last night about it that's the <laughs> yeah.
2: so i mean stories are gonna
1: repeat, repeat. I mean, yeah that's, yeah that's they're fine. now gonna do a live action of hercules and apparently uh not Treasure Planet. Um, oh, Atlantis. Yeah, Atlantis. And Tom See, Holland could be uh, I don't Milo. No, I don't
0: know. <laughs> yeah, like Atlantis. Atlantis would actually be an interesting one. Like, that. Like I remember Atlantis. I used to watch it a lot yeah. at my grandmother's house when I was a kid. Um, there's a couple of funny scenes, and basically, as long as they have that and they follow the basic premise, I'll, en- I'll enjoy that movie, as long as they don't mess <laughs> again. They have to... They would have to, like, sabotage the movie yeah. for it to they, be they, they, they
2: already made a movie about Atlantis. It's called Stargate. You're
0: about to Stargate. Art Art I knew exactly where you were going a, with that. That's funny. Yeah,
2: there was a TV series about it. And, yeah, no, it's done ad nauseum. I doubt they'll do Atlantis unless they're actually, like, scraping the bottom of the barrel for, for content. Honestly, I, I think though, there's, Atlantis... like, 20... I think there's 20 other Disney movies that they're in line to remake. Yeah, Mulan has to come out, which doesn't have an or songs. Um, I bet you they do Robin Hood. Before then, oh yeah, Robin Hood the um, uh, rescuers. The, they they will probably nail before The Fox
0: version of Robin Hood. Is that what you're talking about?
1: Yeah, yeah. that yeah. Oodal adi, oodal ali golly, what a day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's actually <laughs> coming. Up with that. <laughs> no, Nailed that's actually correctly. being rebooted as like a live that's, action.
0: By the way, that's that's how they're gonna sing it too. They're gonna sing it just like that. Yeah, just <laughs> flat head. as fuck.
1: <laughs> but people are gonna people are gonna complain about that movie because it's gonna be the same complaints that they had with Lion King. Like, oh, it's CGI. It's not live action. No, like, they'll probably gonna,
0: actually use real people. They probably won't use foxes
2: <laughs> just just enjoy what you enjoy everyone's going to complain about everything so
1: just find something that you can latch on and, and like john wick <laughs> Yeah, which i finally watched the verse two have
0: you have you seen all the john wicks by the way
2: i have yeah but um I'm not like a like a John Wick head or or
1: something.
0: No, the the only reason why I really like it is because specifically the second and third one, the fight scenes. So I, I've been taking martial arts for like half a decade now, or a little longer, and like that, like the the fight scenes were so phenomenally choreographed. Okay. Like there's this, there's there's very few things that he actually couldn't do. Like those are like most of those fight scenes are things that are very very plausible obviously you'd have to be an absolute master but that's the whole premise of the movie is that he is you know baba yaga this you know this basically demon right and like the but like outside of that like everything that they do like in the third movie specifically that one's when it gets really specific with the fight scenes that's all normal fight like those are all martial arts skills that he's using like i've done like probably eighty percent of the maneuvers he's done in controlled situations where he's just doing it in a death situation yeah I really
2: I really, I really enjoyed, enjoyed that, in that first film. For... Um, as soon as, as soon as it got into like universe building where there's like a league of assassins and there's like a code and like coins and I'm, i just
1: like i am from the league of assassins exactly i am
0: here to fulfill raja ghoul's destiny now <laughs> <laughs> i see a I lovely, still, I lovely I voice <laughs> I, I would say like obviously the first one's better because you're getting introduced to that world. Um yeah. but like again, like my my biggest enjoyment of those movies is 100 percent the fight scenes. The plot is completely secondary. Because it's like it's the very plot. I like the plot of the first one. No, 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 no. No, I'm saying of the second two. The first one, the oh, plot okay. was amazing. Everything about yeah. that movie was a really good, really good premise. It was very cool because it's basically the um equivalent if the punisher was the greatest hitman alive you know what i mean like it's that right. kind of thing where like instead of his whole family dying the last remnants of his family dies and he freaking snaps right like <laughs> like that's that's and that's why and i love the original punisher movie like that was a great movie like it wasn't uh i think you might be the only one no 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 no. no. the original punisher movie wasn't terrible with, like it, uh, it, with a uh, dolphin Lynch- oh no um, I'm not that one uh, what Thomas house? Jane or whatever his name I forgot his name. I'm not. I'm terrible with actors. Names. I, I I don't like the
1: War Zone one, but the, I like the, the one, one from the '80s that. or the one from. Oh
0: no 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 not the one. Okay, sorry, no. I forgot that that one even existed. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. no, no. The, no. I guess the second one. forget
0: about that one.
1: Yeah. I. It, it's no.
0: easily forgotten.
1: <laughs> yeah. no, I, I like the like one that we know as. The yeah, person. yeah, that was yeah. like
0: what was it, late '90s. Early two thousand maybe. Yeah, like That's the one 2000s. with Rebecca Ramin Stamos, right?
1: Uh yeah. That,
2: sure is that wife? I don't remember. Just... John Stamos. Look, here. Yeah. Full, full circle to full house. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uncle Jesse. John Stamos.
0: Did we just become best friends? They should yep. have renamed what?
2: that movie Uncle Jesse and the Rippers. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh.
2: Yeah. But yeah, how, but, how yeah, many, but how many these... movies have there been? There've been three now, right? And then three seasons yeah. of a Netflix
1: series.
0: What's the third? When was the third one made? Oh, War Warzone, Zone, which is yeah.
1: I I don't like that one. But I, they I have, don't think um, I've ever
0: actually seen that one. But but they uh, have uh, Alexandra, um,
2: oh, what's her name? The director Oscar Alexandra. <laughs> I've forgotten her last name. Anyway. Didn't say Alexandra the Great. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, she but was a great director, but uh, I, can't, I can't for the life of me remember her last name. Um,
1: yeah, I didn't it is, like... Yeah, even it, was, it, was, it was
2: okay. I mean, but like, honestly, I, I don't know how much you can elevate that subject material anyway. Like, it's
1: just yeah, going to... But, be but oh, a yeah. Like, that's, that's nonsense, what... Yeah. Right? But the Punisher show is amazing. I like that. That's...
0: I key. saw myself to catch up on all that. Yeah.
1: He is definitely the Punisher. Like...
0: But but oh, anyway, yeah.
1: he plays that character very, very yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and just- I, I like how they have all the bruises and stuff still on his face. Like he doesn't just go into makeup and he's magically fine again. Like he's playing <laughs> out like the entire thing. Yeah. That's yeah. all I'm gonna do, like my comics. Like if you're well, beaten to shit, like you're not dude, gonna just magically be fine in an next- That's
0: like John Wick in the third movie. Yeah. By the end of it, he's just a puddle of blood. Like he's just like he's just he's been stabbed, he's been cut, he's got uh, the missing finger and shit like it's just ridiculous like
2: and honestly that's a, that's a holdover from like 80s action movies because those uh, w- when you put in you know characters main characters into that amount of peril you couldn't show that in the 60s and 70s right and I honestly think it wasn't until Die Hard where you didn't see actual consequences for your main character and you know living with you know the bruises and the cuts and, and, and those types of things I think we, we owe a lot to uh, to John McLean uh, for the, for the you know our modern our modern content needs. Okay. Um, no, I, I really appreciate that from the, the Netflix series. I think most Netflix series for the Marvel uh, you know extended universe. Um, just you get episode fatigue though, because they they've got four about four shows of content written across. 10 episodes or 13 episodes and so what you end up with is a lot of oh we're gonna have another conversation in this one motel that lasts (laughs) half an episode
0: did did you did Uh, you binge them or did you watch them separately because i think that's probably one of the reasons i've enjoyed them a lot is i've watched them them very separately
2: yeah yeah Yeah. i try to only watch if if i have like a bunch of episodes queued up or if they all release at once which is actually why i like the disney plus model a lot a lot better than the Netflix model. So we goes back to Disney.
0: Yeah. Um, we were talking about that. Um, two podcasts ago about the fact that I think that by having episodes like it, By having them separated, like actually so you cannot binge watch them, they are definitely more enjoyable and more memorable. Like a lot of the stuff that came out, like some people just don't remember like like anything from the show because they binge watched it all in one evening and your brain doesn't have enough time to process all of that. Like when you go to sleep and you have to like remember everything that happened during the day, if you watched eight episodes of the same show back to back, you will not remember all of it. Like, it's just impossible. Like, it's too, it's overload. And so, like, yeah. that's another reason why, like, you, you know, you lose that, um, that carrying along with the characters. You don't get that feel anymore, which I, that's why I do it. It's, a, it's
2: <laughs> also a lot smarter marketing wise as well, because if you release all of your content, you know, best case scenario, people are going to be talking about this thing on social media for like four weeks, right? It's kind of the longevity of a show. Yeah. You watch 12 episodes. Yeah. For the next four weeks, people are actually talking about it and might be training, right? If you're releasing an episode a week and it's, you know, 12 episodes per season, you're going to prolong the amount of time that people are actually talking about that. And that might actually get you until when, you know, they start releasing the toys and and the uh, other type of merchandising, right? Um, So that's such a smarter... Yeah. It's
0: it's actually interesting, too. uh, One of the things that... Uh, I was watching um, a video about how cinema is probably going to fail after COVID. And the whole reason is that they were kind of failing before it, but now obviously people can't go there. But the main reason they were failing before it. And the main reason that they're going to continue to fail after it is the fact that essentially aside from like scoring or or, uh, soaring ticket prices and the cost of popcorn being literally a hundred times more than if you bought it at home, uh, you know, like Aside from all of that, the main thing is that I, I remember as a kid, like, a movie would come out in theaters. If you wanted it on VHS, you had to wait, like, six months. Like, it was almost a year. Some, some of them were longer than that. It was like, you're like, dude, didn't that movie come out two years ago and the VHS is just coming out? Like, it felt like that. And now I believe the wait time from uh, film to, like, you know, on demand or DVD is, like, like, three months, three months at yeah. most. So, like, that's the issue is you lose a lot of that um, lag time. And I don't – like, I think they think it's making them more money, but coincidentally what it's doing is fatiguing people to the point where eventually, like, they're not going to enjoy going – like, that's – like, how many movies do you see a year? Like, I, like in theaters, like, I, at most it's, it's, like, one for me. It's like a Marvel movie, but yeah, that, you yeah, know, yeah, now yeah. I haven't, you know – like outside of that, like I don't need the movie theater experience for ninety percent of those movies. No. And so like because of that, it's it's very much um lost its uh luster by like shortening the time span. No,
2: I, I, so, oh, I absolutely um, agree. As soon as Netflix came out and other streaming services came out, it was yeah, that's the slow um you know, descent. Right? Yeah, into meta <laughs> It's it, yeah, they're they're not going to survive this. I know they're blaming like COVID, and and now it's uh, all it did was accelerated. Cine, Cineplex or Odeon or, or whatever AMC are now saying that they're not going to release Universal movies. Regal, yes, it's AMC
0: and Regal. I which, mean, if anything, that's just going to shut them down faster. Which is poor, a poor move.
2: Um, yeah, it's a it's a it's a dying it's a dying industry, right? I like yeah. drive-ins.
0: yeah i still love drive-ins two movies novelty of it
2: there it's it's a lot of fun i i think we have they just need better market couple here um
1: you could be the marketer for drive-ins
0: Dude, i really (laughs) i I really do like there's two drive-ins i used to go to as a kid jericho and uh, malta drive-ins in upstate new york and like i i would love to market for them like their website is still their website from the 90s it's like they they update the movies on it that's it it's still got a GeoCities. It still growl. has GIFs on it that are like, <laughs> blink, blink, blink. I'm like, Jesus, I'm going to have a seizure, and I don't even have that problem.
2: I honestly, I would, I would if, if, like, gun to my head, um, like, hey, you need to uh, either watch this movie in a theater. You get surround sound. You know, you have, it's a THX certified theater. You know, people will deliver drinks to you on demand. Or you can watch this at home. I'll, I'll take home.
0: See for for me, it's like Marvel movie theater, like it, because of how epic it is, something like that. Um, everything else, I would like to watch in something like a drive-in because you get the family bonding, all that stuff, and all of the other stuff that like that's why they're, their their marketing is bad, is because like they're just like yeah, come see a movie, and it's like no, like market the fact that you get two movies for the yeah. price of yeah. half a ticket. Sometimes at the there's theater.
1: three.
0: Yeah, sometimes there's three. Sometimes you luck out, right? And then then the other thing is that you can. Um, You know, you also get outside, all that stuff. Like, they they don't, yeah, they need to market the nostalgia of it because, like, that, like, there's like a tenth of how many there used to be.
1: Yeah, they could do that, like, thing, like, intermission, and then it'd be like, visit a dirty bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) Popcorn. I prefer to watch Endgame on my phone, actually. And you could just start screaming while listening, and listening with your headphones, like
0: yeah, Wilson. Wait,
2: (laughs) (laughs) on on my phone while I'm getting a, a significant amount of glare just off of half the screen I like on an the airplane like through it.
0: the window like directly off the sun yes like yeah perfect.
2: while you're breathing recycled air that's the way cinema was intended i think yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you took everything from me i don't even know who you are <laughs> what did he say i don't know they interrupted <laughs> <laughs> I, like out tony could
0: you just wait i get it you want to snap just hold on everyone's yeah. talking
2: <laughs> uh excuse the interruption ladies and gentlemen we are now at cruising altitude. Uh, <laughs> uh,
0: so, so anyways now that we've tangented off the uh trails but uh still t- still pulling it back in with a nice little hook speaking of the longevity of all of these where do you see yourself as a comic creator in five years ten years etc
2: oh no hopefully i'll get the sequel done in five years it took took me it took me 10 years to do the first one i don't know how long it's gonna take for the second cut that in half make it five i I believe you can Um,
1: you can even hire a disney
2: I mean, ideally, yeah, because, well, well, now that we've been sponsored by Disney+, I think, <laughs> yeah. uh, we're, we're going to get some real top-notch talent. It's on, an obvious on transition, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I really want, like, the, the one that I'm working on, it, it's called Alice of Spades. It's, um, it's about, uh, uh, obviously, a uh, character, Alice, who is Jack's younger sister, and she kind of goes on her own uh, series of adventures while Jack's doing his. Um, that's already been written. It's been written for a while. We're just shopping around for an artist. And as soon as we can lock one down, I want to get that as a trade out for the con season next year. Um, nice. So since, that's since the that case was... you
0: should definitely uh, chat with Greg after this. And he like, he's connected with so many freaking artists. Like it's ridiculous. Well, I'm very picky. <laughs>
1: right.
0: oh, that, well, that's oh, the point. Sorry, like, there's, he knows a wide variety of artists that have very, cause that's the thing is if you're looking for a feel, you, you want a certain artist and, you know, even if you, you know, he might not have it, but he might also help with the direction that you're Oh, sure. Yeah. On. No,
2: I, I, yeah. I'd love to pick a spring. Um, yeah. So I've, I've kind of got a short list of people that I've been, you know, talking to. Um, I have like a dream team that I want to work on it. Obviously that's, that's probably not going to go down. Um, but we, we really want to get this out for, for next year. And then, then right after that, I, just want to move on to you know the next project. So honestly, if like five, ten years from now, if I can still be working on the on on the material that I like to do and and the content that I like to put out and telling stories that I want to tell, um, then that's pretty much how I would define success at this point. It's it's going to be very difficult, especially with what's going on right now, with how this is actually going to impact this this type of industry. Um, because for for indie creators, it's all about cons. It's all about conventions. It's about meeting people. And it's about, you know, gathering in large public spaces. And if we're, you know, 18 months away from, from those things opening up again, like that's, I, I don't even know how to predict how that will impact this
0: industry. I, I think that my prediction will be that, uh, there's the whole, the uh, adapt or die concept. Uh, and I think that essentially the indie creators that will be able to survive it are going to be the ones that basically learn how to market themselves online. Like that's going to be like the biggest thing. Like, honestly, like that they should have been picking it up years ago. Well, there ago I go. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, that's the whole point is like you all, you, like that's one of the reasons why we built our platform is we work with several, several creators and we're basically their marketing machine for the most part. But now we're also like teaching them like, you know, hey, these are tactics you can use to, you know, grow your platform. Like we ran a Kickstarter that um, basically, you know, from one of the books back there, talked about how to launch a business or a product. And basically I, I got that checklist, gave it to Greg and I go, Greg, make this work for a Kickstarter. And he did. And we got almost double what we asked for. Oh, that's
1: awesome.
0: and, and that's the whole point is like, you know, it's not as difficult as people think it is. You just have to learn something you didn't know you could learn before. And that's what I mean. The yeah, whole adapter yeah. overcome. It's you know, adapt and overcome or adapt or die. Right. Like you got to you got to uh, figure out how to get around the obstacle rather than waiting for the obstacle to move itself. I, I, I ran an Indiegogo
2: campaign for our first for our first issue, and that was barely successful. Um, so you know, sur- surpassing those milestones is a huge accomplishment. So that
0: yeah, we we'll have to uh, after this, Greg, will have to email you the um, the checklist. It's on it's one of our blogs, I believe, right, Greg? Yeah. Yeah, and it's. Uh, Basically, he took it's a 39-step launch plan that he figured out about 21 of them were applicable for a Kickstarter. So he broke it down into a blog and simplified it for uh, creators. And like that's the whole point. Like we want, like we we basically started our company thinking that we were only going to be producing and creating our own comics. Mm -hmm. And after Mm -hmm. seeing how difficult it was to do it ourselves. We were setting up systems along the way. We realized could help other people. So then we basically just started bringing other people along and going, "Hey, want to want to you know skip a few steps?" Because you know, instead of every creator having to figure out all the stuff that we tripped over, we're hoping to you know at least unveil the uh, obstacles so people know that there's something they're going to have to get around well before they end up tripping over it. No, that sounds cool. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, speaking of social media, where do, where do, uh, where do you want people to find you? Oh, uh, yeah.
2: So sh- shameless self-promotion right now. Um, if you, I don't even know anymore. Um, I think we, we have an Instagram account that I'm never on anymore because the world is falling apart and I just have not found the time to actually engage on, on social media all that much. Um, uh, but you can, you can check out the series at the saga of the jack Um, you should, we have an Instagram account. It's just the Saga of the Jack of Spades. Um, honestly, is it you... Jack
0: of Spades or Jack of the Spades?
2: Just... The Saga of the Jack of Spades. <laughs> to those.
0: Okay. Yeah, there you go. go. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's a it's a long title. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're aware. We'll put um, it
0: in the description. No worries. <laughs>
2: um, yeah. Honestly, if you if you Google us, we're like the first six pages that come up. Um, but you, if if you wanted to reach out to us, I mean, you'd be able to find us. Um, as far as the book you can get it online you can either get it through uh, uh renegade arts um through their book ordering uh, uh website uh you can get it through us at the com. you can get it off of barnes and noble um amazon um i think it's on Comicsology. i mean it, anywhere really where you get comics you'd be able to find ours very nice sweet well it's
0: definitely uh awesome chatting with you There's- fun tangenting and bringing it all back around. And uh, we definitely love to have you back for uh, another chat when you get that uh, next comic rolling. (laughs) Absolutely. No, we'd love to. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us and uh, we're going to cut the podcast here.